Welcome to Herbal Remedies Experts. We're sharing our, no- our herbal knowledge to help bring wellness and balance to your life. I'm Joanne. And I'm Mary. And in today's podcast, we will be discussing summer safety and what that means. So here in the Northern Hemisphere, we are officially in summer. And whether that means like in Mary, you are in a nice 80 degree or like me in Florida, (laughs) we're about two inches from the sun. Summer safety is important to all of us. Absolutely. So it's summertime. Life in the sun is different than life in the snow. You wouldn't know about snow, Joanne, but it's different, trust me. No good things. <laughs> good things like sun, fresh vegetables, vacations. But there's certain things that we are concerned about also. Skin cancer, mosquitoes, and ticks are probably the ones I think of first. We're going to talk about those and how what we do instead. Don't let the media make you fear going to the you know, no ray of the sun can't touch me because I get skin cancer and all kind of craziness. We encourage you to use the sun exposure wisely before 10 o'clock in the morning and after 3 o'clock in the afternoon is whenever I get my sun exposure. But there's benefits for the sun. You know, if you have a plant and you don't have, it doesn't get any sun, most plants will just shrivel up and die. Well, we need sunlight too. Sun on our skin helps us produce the vitamins that we need. And we should be able to get enough in the summertime to last us the whole winter long, too, which will help our immune system. It also helps clean bully rubin out of our blood. There's a lot of people that get huge, like that, I think it was an SPF, some blocks are like 2,000 or whatever, to not let anything go through. I don't do that. I put a little bit of coconut oil on it to protect my skin and just do the off hours. I also eat a healthy diet and keep my liver healthy. There's a lot of information about how a healthy liver will cut down your chance of getting melanoma. But Joanne, you're the expert. What do you do in Florida to keep from getting skin cancer? Well, so let's talk about first, just to add on to what you were saying about the benefits of skin exposure. So the one that most people know is vitamin D. So 50 to 90% of vitamin D is gotten through the skin, through the sun. And about almost 42% of people in the U.S. are deficient in vitamin D. So there's clearly an issue there. And as you mentioned, putting on all these high SPFs and acting like you're a vampire and you'll just completely melt and, you know, spontaneously combust (laughs) if you get in the sun is actually detrimental to us. Not only the vitamin D, which is important because it's not only a vitamin, but a hormone, but it enhances our mood. It sets our circadian rhythm and creates melatonin for improved sleep. It gives us strong bones. It helps to lower blood pressure. Getting outside for about 30 minutes a day has been linked to weight loss. It lowers, there's been studies that show it even lowers cholesterol and reduces our risk of multiple sclerosis and cancer. Basically, we are plants with emotions. We need sunlight, just like we need water. Wait, 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 wait. Weight loss? So we can just like lay out in the sun and kind of sizzle lean? Well, I know here in Florida, I mean, if you're out for two minutes, you're melting. So I hope it's melting some of the fat, at least. I'm sure sweating out enough. Oh, cool. But yeah, <laughs> there, ha- there are some studies that show that it is linked to weight loss, So, which, which is amazing. And again... 
if we think of hormonal weight gain, then having the a balanced balanced hormones, which again, vitamin D is both, it makes a lot of sense. So yeah, when I saw that, I was very excited for that study. <laughs> and then um, in talking about what what you do, I do similar. So instead of slathering on like a full coat of armor on the outside, and we're not saying not to protect your skin, but it's important to treat your body from the inside out. So good fats help to restore proper EFA balance. So that's essential fatty acids. Because what actually happens is when your skin is exposed to sunlight, it makes vitamin D from cholesterol. The sun's UVB rays hit the cholesterol in the skin cells, and that provides energy for vitamin D synthesis to occur. So, and we'll talk about this in other podcasts, how important it is to have cholesterol, even though it is just completely villainized in the media and in most conventional medicine. Mm -hmm. So eating proper foods such as tomatoes, berries, cherries, leafy greens, so foods that you might have heard the term antioxidants. So that helps from preventing the skin from oxidizing, think rust, with UV exposure. Removing vegetable oils from your diet as much as possible. There are so much vegetable oils in salad dressings, breads, even infant formulas. And these are all very high in omega-6s, which can become inflammatory, and low in omega-3s, which are, again, important for your skin. The a standard American diet is very high in vegetable oils. So think canola, corn, soybean. And what happens is those are very oxidative, very inflammatory. So we want antioxidant-rich foods, fresh fruits, vegetables. That gives us protection. And then I too, anybody who knows me knows I'm a coconut oil girl from head to toe. Coconut (laughs) oil and some other plant oils have been shown to offer an SPF of eight. So I'm working from the inside and the outside. And if for there, there are reasons until you do get your liver at a a good level and have the proper balance of good fats in your body, you may need a little bit more protection. Well, I'd make sure to stay away from anything chemical-based. There, You can also wear protective clothing, but anything with oxy, uh, if I can say this word, oxybenzone, basically you should be able to pronounce what you're putting on your body. (laughs) Um, Nanoparticles, anything like that you want to stay away from. EWG.org is a great reference and database for mineral-based sunscreens that are not toxic. Because remember, anything you put on your skin is going to be absorbed. And we also hear a lot now talking about how the coral reefs are dying. Mary, you probably don't know anything about that, but here we have fish, a lot of them. And, um, and yeah, not the my coral, coral reefs, reefs in Pennsylvania. Right. So the, so it's affecting me, but save me if, if you guys don't care about anything else. Um, the coral reefs are dying because of all the chemicals from all the sunscreens. So basically that's my huge tangent on, on protecting yourself from inside out. So if it's killing the fish, what is it doing to us? Good point. You know? Yeah. A lot of times people don't put that two and two together. Well, and the other things that you were saying about the depression and stuff for the sun. How it works is I do not, personally, I do not look directly in the sun, but I also do not wear sunglasses because the indirect sunlight 
goes to the retina and stimulates the pineal gland, which helps produce um, hormones and melatonin and things that help work against seasonal affective disorder, which is a type of depression, and lets people sleep better at night. There's some people who just cannot fall asleep at night. Um, I know there's some people who say, oh, just totally black out your bedroom windows and stuff like that so you can sleep. Well, you should be able to produce enough melatonin that you don't have to do that. I could sleep if I have to, if I have to go to work or something in the, in the evening. I can go to sleep in the afternoon when it's sunny out because my body can produce enough melatonin. However, some people have a hard time getting out and and walking outside without sunglasses on because they're lacking B vitamins. So rather than compensate for what's lacking in the body, it's better to make sure you eat um, fermented foods or take B vitamins into your diet so you're not light sensitive anymore. And it's good to get indirect light in the, in the eyes. Yes, I love that point about how important it is. And What's important to note is if you are sensitive to the sun in any way, there are some people who have autoimmune diseases, which gives them a sensitivity to sunlight. And then as, as Mary mentioned, if you're lacking B vitamins, it's important to work on those conditions and again, bring the body back into balance and not avoid the sun. And what happens if we avoid the sun, we are, are con constantly shading ourselves from the sun, we're kind of tricking ourselves into thinking that we're getting protection, but really damage is being done from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when you're sun, a lot of times you sweat. I know I sweat. I work up a sweat very easily. So electrolytes. A lot of people will just drink like sodas and stuff like that, which not, does not rebalance your electrolytes. And I don't think that it's really good to drink soda in the any time, but especially in the summertime. Water, and then if you need to get some of your oomph back, if you feel like you've been drained out, there's something called Soul Stick Revive that will help rebalance your electrolytes because sweating too much and having your electrolytes go down low is dangerous. A symptom of low electrolytes is clear urine. So if you drink water without putting something in there when you're sweating a lot, you could end up having a heart attack or sunstroke or something like that. So I suggest if you're drinking a whole lot from being outside to put a little bit of Soul Stick Revive in there to bring your electrolytes back up. I agree. Soul Stick Revive is my favorite as well for balancing electrolytes. There's a lot of sports drinks out there and they're filled with all kinds of chemicals that you, you become a science experiment some of them are even filled with caffeine, which further dehydrates you. So again, you always want to be protecting the body from the inside out. And it's very important to get the proper hydration. So there are a 75% of Americans are chronically dehydrated. So it's very important to stay hydrated. Even mild dehydration can inhibit your ability to think clearly. And Again, I don't know, Mary, if you know about this, but in Florida, it's quite common for mm -hmm. sun poisoning. The CDC uh, has the average of 702 heat-related deaths occurring each year. Nevada has the most deaths, wow. actually, so not so fun fact. 
but it's important to be hydrated. So water, coconut water, a good brand, a good source, fresh is best, or Soul Sick Revive, some healthy form of electrolytes is important to keep yourself hydrated, especially in the summer where you will be sweating more because the UV rays are stronger in the summer. So it's important to keep yourself hydrated. And if you're thirsty, you're already dehydrated. Yeah, absolutely. Typically, when you're not in the sun, people say that a half of your body weight in ounces of water a day is what is recommended. So if you weigh 150, 75 ounces of water. Now, if you're sweating a lot of that out, you may have to drink a little bit more, but then you have to watch your electrolytes. I find that if you don't go directly in the sun, stay in the shade between 10 o'clock and 3 o'clock, then you're also less likely to end up with with sun poisoning or sunstroke or something like that. God made um, air conditioning and fans for a reason. I take advantage whenever possible. Amen. I mean, so here in Florida, summer also means the start of hurricane season. And as a born and bred Floridian, I'll tell you, we're not scared of the hurricanes. We're scared of losing power and not having the AC. So yes, take advantage. No need to be out there if you don't have to. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think we should talk next about my least favorite thing about summer, bugs. Ugh, I don't like bugs at all. I think the world could be fine without them especially mosquitoes and ticks. Those are the biggies. Uh, For mosquitoes, most people don't realize, like, mosquitoes love me. I walk out and it's like, oh, Mary Schmorschberg, you know, and they just, they attack me like crazy. Until I found out that if you take enough B vitamins in your diet, that you're less appetizing for the mosquitoes. Because I'm O blood type, and O blood types typically get more mosquito bites. Then if you're lacking B vitamins, you're a goner. So taking B vitamins can be helpful. Also, I put on Thai food oil. Don't you use some oils too, Joanne? I do because I too am a mosquito magnet, always have been. I used to joke someone could be dipped in honey and standing next to me and they would just make a beeline for me. Um, <laughs> and now that doesn't happen. So number one, because I've increased my my B vitamins. And also getting back to coconut oil, it makes it very hard for them to land when you're just slick. And I'm not greasy, (laughs) but for some reason, and I'm very thankful for it, it also helps to prevent uh, the bugs from from landing on me. And then I do love my oils. I'm I'm a huge oil girl. So some oils that are great for, for bugs, and there's different recipes. You can always contact me if you want a specific recipe. Uh, lemongrass, thyme, peppermint, citronella, clove, lemon eucalyptus, patchouli, and cedarwood are all great and tried and true for keeping the bugs away. And in that same spirit, Again, we always stay with natural because our body, anything we put on our body gets absorbed into the bloodstream. So I stay away from anything that has DEET in it, any kind of chemical products, because that is a neurotoxin that has been shown to cause sensory motor decline. So we keep it all natural. Whatever we're putting on, we can pronounce it and we also uh, are, know that it's, it's doing our body good. Absolutely. 
And you know what? Right now I have visions of mosquitoes trying to land on you and ricocheting off and going to whoever has the honey on them. <laughs> if only it was it was that uh, dramatic. <laughs> I mean, this is Florida, so we don't have a season for bugs. That's an all year round thing. And I mean, there's there's just critters that uh, I can't even explain. But the mosquitoes are the worst. So. Do you, yeah. know, do you know what I do whenever in the summertime when I'm sitting out on my front porch? I put a fan on outside. People in the neighborhood probably think, oh, man, not only does she do herbs, but she now tries to cool herself off with a fan outside. But I do that because the mosquitoes can't land on you. There, There's less mosquitoes around, and it's non-toxic. No, that's a, that's a great idea. I know other people who do that as well. So you, you'd fit in down here. Look, you have to do, it's a war. So whatever we have to do to keep <laughs> them off, you know, take no prisoners. So you do what you got to do. Yep. Okay. And then the even more evil than mosquitoes, ticks. Ugh, I hate ticks. There is a new, I don't know if you heard about this, Joanne, but there's a new Syndrome that's going around from people who get bit by this lone star tick. It's called alpha galatose. I'm lousy with spelling, pronouncing words. That it makes you become allergic to meat, like red meat, beef, pork, things like that. Yes. I recently had some clients that came down with that. And, um, if if there's a way for a tick to do something to you, I mean, we're we're all familiar with Lyme disease, but I am familiar with alpha gal as well. So would you use the same oils for the ticks? I do. These oils are pretty much standard for all bugs. I've even read about it for lizards, which we have a ton of those down here too. Really for any kind of uh, of bug or, or critter because it, the smells are very... Now these oils are, are tend to be more hot oils. So I always use them with a carrier oil like coconut, but it's this strong smell that keeps the bugs away. Okay. Well, what we did, because I have five grandkids that used to live, I mean, they live in the same house that I do. And they would come in and we'd have to check for ticks. And almost every, every day we'd find a tick on somebody. Thank goodness it was a dog ticks and not the kind that produces Lyme disease. So what we start doing is we grow sage and lemongrass and things like that around our yard. And we get less ticks. The neighbor sprays like crazy. Matter of fact, they started coming over in our yard one time and spraying. My daughter ran out kind of screaming and yelling, what are you doing? You know, because we don't want that poisons here. But it does pretty good, especially since everybody around us sprays, you know, the ticks don't come here. That's good. That's a great idea. I'm... More in the suburbs, so our big issue is more the mosquitoes, but it's good to know for woodsy areas too. And again, protective clothing. If you are going out, try to be covered as much as possible. Put your socks on the outside of your pants so they can't get up into your pants leg. Take practical steps always. Yeah. Have you ever put the oils on a little cloth and put it in a dryer. So it's actually in the smell is in the clothes as well. I don't do that as much. The only one, uh, the only time I really use the oils in my laundry, I mean, I've heard about that, like putting them on the dryer balls. I'm just kind of lazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do use them with my towels. I'll put tea tree because again, it's Florida, it's humid. So I do that as far as 
as an antifungal to keep mold away. But I should. I just, again, I'm just lazy. <laughs> and if you happen to find a tick, and when my, like I said, every time my kids would, co- my grandkids would come in, we would check them for ticks. Make sure that you remove it properly. I would listen to a YouTube channel because there's a right way and a wrong way of taking out a tick. If you do it wrong, it causes a tick to kind of spit in you. I guess there's a better way to say it. Inject Release toxins. There you go, into you. And it, there is a better way of taking it out. So I would watch the video before you take it out. Ooh, all this talk about ticks and mosquitoes, I'm itching now. <laughs> I know, me too. I do that My as well. My legs are itching like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is not something that people have to do in the summertime, but I notice here in Pennsylvania that whenever you buy a watermelon, which is so good in the summertime, that they have them without seeds. And that is a shame. I think we as a nation should say, hey, we, you know, let our seeds in our watermelon. Because a lot of people don't realize watermelon seeds are very he- healthy for you. They're great natural diuretic, and there's a lot of nutrients in the seeds. Just chew them up and swallow them. I love a good watermelon, especially if it's been in the fridge and it's nice and cold. Ooh, at the beach, it's just perfect. And Mm -hmm. I agree. You want foods that are something that our grandparents or great-grandparents would recognize. Once these things have been genetically altered, we're not only losing some of the taste, but we're losing the nutrients that came from them as well. Yes, and it's a shame that they do that. So uh, another thing that I want to mention, not only are people going to the beach or hanging out in, in just in the grass, but a lot of people are going to pools. And something we need to keep in mind and be cautious about is the chlorine in pools because the chlorine removes iodine from our cells, which is harmful to the thyroid. So we want to, again, be cautious of our time, eat foods and take the proper nutrients and make sure our pH is balanced so that our thyroid is as healthy as possible so that we can enjoy our time. We're not saying don't go, don't have a good time, but always be safe because that's what this whole podcast is about, summer safety. So we want to be as healthy as possible in all our activities. And there are substitutes you can do if you have your own pool. You don't have to go to a public pool. There's like an ozone you can put in the water. Um, There's a friend of mine is a genius, and I don't know exactly how it works, but something about their water circulates through a pond that has plants that cleans the water, and it's moving constantly, so it doesn't develop the bacteria and things that um, a lot of water do. That's amazing. That really is a genius idea. I went to a home show a couple months ago, and they had a, a filter, because I always thought, well... A saltwater pool is is a good idea, but then I learned that saltwater pools, a traditional saltwater pool, also contains chlorine, just less. But there are filters that don't use chlorine, don't use anything like that, and the same principle as your friends that it filters the water. Maybe it's ozone. I'm not too sure on the details, but the same way it keeps the pool clean, but without needing to add harsh chemicals to it. So do your homework, find a good solution for you and stay as safe as possible. Yep. And in talking about, again, water safety, 
there are 3,500 fatalities annually from drowning. So please be safe out there. Many places over the summer will offer, even for free sometimes, summer safety lessons, swimming lessons. So take advantage of anything you can. And remember, have fun. Protect yourself from the inside out. That's always the best way. Anytime that we talk about sunburns, that's really just an indication of a nutritional deficiency, as we mentioned. So again, we're always talking about bringing our bodies into balance. So the healthier you are on the the inside, the healthier you are on the outside, and the less problems you're going to have. I'm going to backtrack on you a little bit. I'm so glad you mentioned about drowning. A friend of mine had their friend, their son, they thought he drowned and they kind of got him out. Oh, thank goodness, he's fine. Well, there's something called dry drowning. What happened is he went home and they ate and he went to bed and his lungs kept on filling up with fluid and he drowned after he was out of the pool. So I personally would, if I had a child that almost drowned or you thought they were close to drowning, I would get them checked out to make sure something like that doesn't happen. Oh, I'm so sorry. That is really, really sad, really sad to hear. Yeah, dry drowning is, we use the term, but it's basically a rapid inflammatory response to water that enters the lungs. So Mm -hmm. they may seem fine, but they're not. Same thing with sun poisoning as well. You may be out there, maybe feel a little woozy, but don't really understand what happens. And I've, and I've had people, I've had friends who stayed out longer than they should have and then came home and then were vomiting, collapsed. So sometimes there's a delay in the body's response. So I think we pretty much summered things out. I hope everybody has a, a good summer and enjoy the sun, get the advantages of the sun, but protect yourself by being off times and the things that Joanne suggested. And, um, Join us next time when we're discussing uh, water quality. Make today the first step in implementing changes for a better life. Yes, thank you for joining us this week. For more information, you can find us at Mary's website, maryserbs.com, or my website, naturalwellnessinfo.com. The material discussed is for informational purposes only and should not be used to nor is intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or mitigate any specific health condition. As always, consult a competent medical professional before starting any new health program. Thank you all so much, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Take care. Bye. 